Hello, lovely listeners. I'd like to offer you something a bit different this week. Inspired by last week's episode, I've just done my own fearless thing and entered also in pink in the British Podcast Awards. I entered in three categories, Best New Podcast, Best Wellbeing Podcast, and Best Lockdown Podcast. And I'd love to share my official awards entry with you. It highlights five clips from episodes I've released over the past six months and gives you a taste of what Also in Pink is all about. I hope you enjoy it. Imagine if you live the life you really want. You know, your dream life. Have you ever taken time to picture what it would look like? I mean, what it would really look like? We're not talking about the life you feel you should have. But, deep down, the life you secretly want. Your ideal life. Maybe you already have a vision. You wake up after a good night's sleep on the most comfortable mattress ever. With pillows that support your head just the way you like. You go to your organized closet and choose colorful, unique clothes that fit you and make you feel good. Then pad through a clean, warm, uncluttered home to the kitchen. Your refrigerator offers up the most delicious healthy options for breakfast, and you have a day of unstructured time stretching ahead of you to do with as you like. But that's never going to happen, right? Wouldn't it be nice to take a step back, sweep aside all your worries, and imagine that's where I come in? I'm your host, Alexandria Lawrence, and I've developed an exclusive questionnaire for the Also in Pink community to help you create a vision of your ideal life. Simply join the Also in Pink email list and you'll get instant access to our Ideal Lifestyle Vision questionnaire. Go on then. Make a cup of your favorite tea or whatever floats your boat. Go to alsoinpink.com and click start now. Redefine what's possible and create your ideal life. I am so proud to be me. And part of being me is also being a Black woman. It's it's one part of me that does not define all that I am, but it is a huge part of who I am. And I'm celebrating that for the first time ever. When people say, you know, Black lives matter, yes, all lives matter. Of course, all lives matter. But when you address a problem, Like even if we go back to looking at our body, if I have an ankle that I sprained, am I going to say, well, we got to look at both ankles because all ankles matter, right? No, but when you fix that ankle, I can walk taller. I can now go on my runs. I can ride my bike. I'm no longer in pain. I'm sleeping better. I'm feeling better. So, So it is just not that somehow Black lives are superior. Right now, there is a wave that's happening. And if you're smart, you will ride this wave. Like there is a freedom, like get on this freedom wave. Like we're about to ride it, you know, all of us, that you can be free to be yourself and surround yourself with people who love that about you, who celebrate you coming out of whatever turtle shell, closet, 
under the rock that you've been hiding, you know, be free. There is a freedom that is abound. And that really is what I feel. I, I feel free to be everything that makes up April for the first time in my life. And in turn, this freedom allows me to have conversations like this or conversations with other people that I meet. So there's so much growth and bounty that is being harvested right now and will continue to be harvested from something that, again, yes, respectfully, it was devastating, but it is also so much life that's coming from, you know, 2020. Like 2020 is hands down the best year of my life. Before that, it was 1999, not just because there's a song after it, but that was a good <laughs> year for me. I was young. I had just gotten done with college. Like I was, <laughs> I just started wearing dresses and high heels. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. If you ask me what was my prime time best year, I would say 1999. Now it is 2020 because out of this muck and you know, what do they say? A rose in the concrete. I mean, there has just been so many beautiful things that, that are happening this year and will continue. Like, this is just the beginning of what is going to continue to happen. So. That is such a profoundly powerful message and that freedom wave and being unapologetically who we are, whoever that might be. You can't really yeah. do better than that. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think we can all do to be part of the solution, to become a truly anti-racist society, to become less hateful, less fearful, more joyful? Boy, you asked some really good questions here. So, of course, you want to live your life ideally treating people how you want to be treated. Every single day that you wake up, make a conscious effort to be better than the version that you were yesterday. And the great part about that is if you only have yesterday to be better than and you're not thinking about how great things used to be, then you didn't fail. You succeeded. As long as you did one thing, that's better. And be a friend to yourself. That is the biggest game changer, I would say, in this whole self-discovery journey for me. Another thing is, if you see something that is not right, speak up in your own way. I don't mean get in anybody's face or <laughs> things like that, but speak up in your own way. The same as if you see something great, speak up. Compliments are free. Smiles are free. Living in a place of gratitude is free. I'm unapologetically a lot of things. I, I do something called a power statement when I first wake up. It's actually pretty cool. It's like a built-in huddle and like a hype session all, you know, wrapped into one. And, and I speak life into my day and I let worry, doubt, and fear know that they have no place in my world. And I open my arms to peace and love and being unapologetically free. So I have this part that I am 
unapologetically black. I am unapologetically a woman. I am unapologetically unbothered. And do you see how my head's moving? Because that's what I do when I'm saying it. Like, I'm unapologetically unbothered. I am unapologetically free. That is what I do each day. I committed to say it, even though sometimes I'm like, that's right. And other times I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever. But I committed to myself to say it. I can't speak highly enough about the impact that you have on the world that really starts with you. you know? I- well, that's an excellent question. This concept of creating your ideal life is my challenge to you, to all of you listening, and to myself. It's a bold challenge, perhaps even an uncomfortable challenge. It's easy to take a back seat, to let time pass and simply go with the flow. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that approach. But I'm challenging you to fundamentally take control of your life. I don't believe in fate or necessarily even chance. I believe in being accountable and taking responsibility for your path through life. I believe in making things happen. As the poet Mary Oliver asks, tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? My ideal lifestyle vision questionnaire is an attempt to answer that question. It helps you to take a closer look at how you're living now, to consider what's working for you and what isn't, and then dare to dream. Imagine free from restraints and constraints. If you didn't put limitations on yourself, what might be possible? With limitless time or money, what could you achieve? No excuses. So why not give it a try? Give yourself, say, an hour and complete the Also in Pink Ideal Lifestyle Vision Questionnaire. It might even be fun. All you need to do is be honest with yourself and see where your vision takes you. Remember, your vision is yours alone. It isn't a one-size-fits-all sort of thing. Be very wary of anyone who tries to convince you otherwise. No one has the right to dictate how you should live your life. You are unique. You are in control. You have the power to make your own choices. Sure, your vision for your ideal life may well change over time, but that's the beauty of it. You grow and evolve, and so do your hopes and dreams. But if we never really take the time to dream, or to think big, then where are we? We rule out so many possibilities. Because I'm a historical novelist, I'm looking for what we're going through now and how that gets echoed in the past. And when you understand the past better, when you have a better sense of it, it puts into context what you're going through now. And I think that's what I'm trying to do. That's fascinating. I'll be looking forward to seeing the results. So Tracy, would you say that you've had a lockdown realization that's changed your perspective or your priorities? I think I've had a lot of realizations. I think the key is going to be to try to put them into play. I keep a physical diary of my meetings, of events I have to do and stuff like that. And everything got canceled from mid-March all the way through this year almost. It felt really good. And I realized, I thought how pre-pandemic, 
anytime I'd look in my diary and I happened to have a completely free day where I didn't have any meetings at all, no phone calls, no meetings, no going anyplace, I would go, yay, unstructured time. And you know, isn't it kind of obvious that if you like it that much, you should be doing more of it? So I think that I am going to try very hard to say no more. I thought that I said no pretty well, quite a lot, because I get asked to do a lot of things. But I think there are a lot of little fiddly things that we end up filling our days with that we don't need to. And I'm going to really try hard not to agree to things if I'm not that sure I want to do them. My husband, John, has a really wonderful mantra. Like if somebody asks you to do something, say an event, he said, ask if you're going to earn, learn, or do good. So earn, if you need the money and it pays in a way that you feel compensates you, then do it. If you want to learn something from the experience, get something out of the experience, fine, then do it. Or if you want to do good, if you want to do something for charity or help somebody who needs help, that's fine. But if it's not going to fulfill one of those things, don't do it. And I thought, yes, you've got to do that more. And it's not just work. It can also be social things. Oh, yeah. It's made me hungry already. <laughs> <laughs> and what would you say you're grateful for? It's a very KonMari question for you. Ooh, I think I'm grateful for something I spoke about before, which is the work I do in the world doesn't feel like work to me. It feels like pure pleasure and joy. Can't get much better than that. And Tracy, finally, what do you love most about life? I'm just constantly amazed that life exists. I know it sounds strange, but I pinch myself every day, especially when I'm looking at a beautiful blue sky or sunlight or a cat. The fact that we exist is truly remarkable. And I don't think that we appreciate that enough. So I am in awe of life itself and I want to experience it as much as I can. It is a great privilege for all of us to be here right now. Yes, it is. It is. And there's such potential for really wonderful things in this world, even if it doesn't always feel like it. And we must hold on to that. I think particularly in these times, it's so true. Oh, brilliant. Well, Tracy, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time and it's lovely to see and speak with you again. Thank you, Alexandra. It's been a real pleasure for me, too, to reconnect and to talk about all of these big and small things. Life and lipstick. <laughs> Beautifully said. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Pleasure. Hope you enjoyed that chat with novelist Tracy Chevalier. Be sure to check out the links to her website and social media in the show notes. Why not drop her a line? She's equally happy with email, social media, and letters in the post. So, here are some key takeaways from our conversation.